I know. That's my problem. I'm always a one step ahead of everybody, you know? So that way I'm never really cool. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Sapman Podcast. Sapman! Sapman! You are listening to episode 262 of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and I'm fired up. In this big, bad world, every second counts, and all that we needed was this rhythm of love. For anyone listening, he does this every bloody week. (laughs) This is um, puns by today's artist, or songwriter. Um, so yeah, he didn't have a mini stroke in and just start reeling off sentences that don't really mean anything to the podcast. Um, because this week's guest is the fantastic Tom Higginson of the mighty Plain White Teats. You're lucky, because I was going to change the words to, Hey there, Sean, what's it like in Merthyr Tidville? You're about 30 miles away, but these puns are going to kill you. Yes, it's true. I wish it was fucking less than 30 miles because I would literally kill you now. <laughs> <laughs> you prick. You read that. You, you didn't even just have any read. You wrote that down and read. I saw your eyes move to the paper then. You prick. I, it took me a while to work out what rhymed with Tidville. So I had to. I had to. But anyway, I'm dead chuffed about this. I love playing white tees. And for some reason... I was till now. <laughs> Tom... It's just someone I never imagined coming on. Like, why would he? So I'm completely in my element here. They're a band who have soundtracked people's music taste and genuine pop culture for the last 20 years. If you're into emo, pop punk, metal, chart music, or even things like iCarly and random TV shows, you've all sang along to Tom's catchy songwriting and play on lyrics. To be fair... I think they introduced me to the side of artists like Secondhand Serenade, We The Kin, Simple Plan, and even had an appreciation for people like Snow Patrol, Athlete, and early Coldplay. Tom is one of those unique characters within the industry, and I'm really thankful that he let us pick out his brains on this one. Yes, we talk everything from emo resurgent to touring the States, billions of streams, advice we talk about the weirdest place he's ever played and 
I very much enjoyed making him aware of the reality that at any one time, his song is probably being played somewhere. <laughs> what a mad thought. 24 hours a day, like, hey there, Delilah's got to be playing somewhere. I'd love to see his PRS. I should have asked Ooh. him about his PRS check. Oh. Oh, that, would, that would be a sight. They do have a new self-titled album available now, full of upbeat travel acoustic based songs to get lost in. And throughout this conversation, we're just going to get an insight into his mindset on this new music and just the reality of the band after nine albums in, his love for art and Banksy, industry ups and downs, the coolest flex ever that had his son in awe, and of course, getting into the legacy of Hey There Delilah. But before we go into the conversation, uh, we've got plenty to tell you about. If you subscribe to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Sapnin, we always give you sneak peeks and leaks and tell you about things we shouldn't really tell you about not only about this podcast because you help support it and it's the best way to do that but about other things that are going on in our lives and oh sean you've got a fucking busy time coming up what's what's being announced lately so uh if you're listening to this on friday the first of december at 10 a.m tickets should have gone live for the blackouts playing our hometown show in Merthyr Tidville, December the 30th. It's a celebration of Christmas, my birthday, and New Year. Also, we've announced lately that in May, we will be playing Slam Dunk. We will be playing the 15th anniversary of our album, The Best in Town. So we're playing that in full in its entirety from song one to what, however many numbers of songs <laughs> are on that album. Um, it ends with Sunblock, I think. So good ending anyway. What other news? Oh, yeah. If you listen to this on December the 1st or December the 2nd, I'm DJing tonight at Manchester. Uh, tonight, I'm DJing December the 2nd in Manchester for Deadbolt. Come on down. It's probably in the bread shed or the biscuit tin or the fucking crisp shop or whatever the fucking place is called. So check it out. Go to my social media, at Sean Smith Sucks, the app formerly known as Twitter, and then fake Sean Smith on the Instagram, please. No, everything going on. Slam Dunk Festival 2024, the blackout, Ooh. 15th anniversary of the best in town. And you also get to see Yumi at six, the All American Rejects, Head Automatica as December falls, and many, many more. So remember, patreon.com forward slash Sapman to support us and get all of these leaks before we're allowed to tell anyone. Oh, wait, I got a quick story. Um, so I posted the other day. Sapnin, y'all, please don't post about this till 10 a.m., right? On Sunday, I posted mm-hmm. the poster for the mm-hmm. blackout gig that was going live on Monday, right? Um, nobody in the group posted it. 6.30 a.m. on the Monday morning, Gavin Butler posts it, the, singer, the other singer from the blackout, right? He posts it. And I said, Gav, this is going live at 10 a.m. He said, but I've already seen this somewhere. Turns out Gavin had seen it in the group <laughs> and thought, oh, fuck it, it's free reign now. I'll just fucking share it like a maniac. So it wasn't any of the Patreons who spilled the beans or any of that <laughs> shit. It was one of the band who should know better. He sent it to his dad. He just sees what sees him on Facebook. He likes and goes, yeah, go on, fuck it. Everybody just have this. Same, eh? Mad. Absolutely mad. Anyway. This is the wonderful Tom Higginson of Playing White Tees on episode 262 of Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! Fucking Gavin, man. Of all the people...
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sapnin! 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 What's up, guys? Yes, this week's guest is the fantastic singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, Tom Higginson from the mighty, brilliant, plain white tees. Wow, what an intro. I love it. Hey, hey, hey. It's it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to... uh, It was fun saying Sapnin with you guys. That was... I felt like... Felt like a little kid. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> well, there we are. Do you know what? We've never had that reaction. Five years into no. this, we've never had someone say they feel like a kid doing this. And we've actually had the kid on as well. So that is even, that's a whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> they did it. They did it and said, that's the most adult I've ever felt. And we were like, what's going on here? This is. <laughs> uh, but no, obviously, Tom, pleasure is all ours. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Uh, how's things Absolutely. at the moment? How's things over there? You're gearing up for this new music and stuff, but. Things are, things are great. I'm actually in Nashville right now, uh, about to fly. Actually, in a couple hours, I'm flying uh, to Iowa, um, which, yeah, I don't know if you guys have. Uh, have you been to the States? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah, it's a kind of, Iowa is not necessarily a place you really want to go to, you know, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it's going to be really fun. Does this mean you're trying out for Slipknot? Is that what's going <laughs> yeah, on? Exactly. Are you going to Iowa to try for the new drums? That's like the, the one good thing about Iowa, you know, is the Slipknot album. But, um, no, it's going to be fun. We got, we were playing at a, at a college or a university there tomorrow night and then, and then we head back to Chicago, which is where the band is from. And this weekend, in uh, just three days from now, we've got we're doing a hometown takeover because we've got our brand new album dropping on Friday, and we're playing uh, a, a show Friday night, a show Saturday night, and then doing a signing at a record store on Sunday. So it's going to be definitely a big weekend for Plain White Tees. Yeah, I'm yes. excited. Beyond that, we're we're gearing up for a tour 
next year, basically, we're going to be on the road like all year, starting in January, touring the US. We're going to Brazil in March. Uh, hopefully going to get to the UK, um, you know, as soon as possible. So, so yeah, that's kind of what's been, uh, what's up with me. I don't know. How about you guys? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, it's too, too, yeah, too much. much to yeah. give you a date with. It's probably would bore you anyway, but too late. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's always interesting to see how <laughs> manic things get at the start of an album cycle like this. And, Playing with Tease has been going for so long now. This is like your ninth major release altogether. Does it ever get, does it ever surprise you? Or does it now you just kind of like, oh my God, yes, we're doing the machine again. We get to do this again. And you're just kind of hyped on the train for it. I will say this album, I'm, uh, you know, of course, you know, you guys know every album, you're always excited about it. You're always, you know. You're always amped up. You think it's like the best thing you've ever done. But this time, I swear, it really is. Like <laughs> I, I really am, really am excited about it. And so it definitely feels different to, to come out and like, you know, do the uh, do the podcast and do the interviews and stuff like that. It definitely feels more like, like when you really love something and you really believe in it. Um, it's kind of exciting and you want to do stuff like this. You want to talk about it. You want to get the word out there. Oh no! I yeah, I completely agree. Has it ever um, has it ever got boring in the past? Like, have you ever got? Because I found that I kind of got after a while with my surprising success of the band, I got kind of jaded to it, I guess, and I was just like, oh, I'll you know, there'll be another album run or whatever, or there'll be like I d- I remember not going to Sydney Opera House with my bandmates because I was like, I'll just do it next year when I come to Australia, <laughs> and then we never went back. Right. Totally. Totally. I mean, it definitely, you know, I mean, we've been doing this. God, I don't even want to say it, but it's, this is like 25 or 26 years as a band. So, you know, you definitely have your ups and downs. There's, there's definitely been moments where it's felt more like a job than a passion, you know? Um, but again, I kind of feel like with this, you know, just what we've all been through with the pandemic recently, and making just new music, there's definitely a, uh, like a re, like a reset button was hit, you know, like a different, definite, like re, re excitement, rejuvenation for the love of, of, of being in the band. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it definitely can feel a little bit boring and a little bit like monotonous sometimes, but, but not right now. So that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the, the moment and the freshness of everything. Like I said, it was like a, you know, for a while there, it's like, we didn't know if we'd ever play a show again. You know, it was like when the pan- pandemic started, it was like, are, is live music even going to exist anymore? You know, it's like, we had no idea. So, so yeah, stoked to be coming out of the other end with, uh, with the album that we're really loving. Remember that time where everyone was literally like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to be in a room with the people again. And then like a year later, we were like, oh, fuck this. Let's go to a festival. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, what's changed? Enough. Not much. Yeah. What's changed? Yeah. Not much. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, no, no. But you talk about kind of just the exciting factors of, of all this. And with this new record, it being self-titled, I always find it so interesting when bands release a self-titled record so far into their career, not just like maybe the first one or, or second. And normally it represents them being very self-aware of their legacy and where they are now and being comfortable 
with what they do and where they're going forward. Is that a stance that you guys see now or is it like what's the story about wanting this to be self-titled rather than anything before no we were just really lazy when it came down <laughs> to it no no i'm kidding no uh, definitely so yeah we actually had a couple names that we were kicking around for the album title and it wasn't until we were at the um we were doing a photo shoot for the album i was i put on a plain white t-shirt and our drummer was like, oh, man, that's all wrinkled. You got to steam that, you know, like it looks like shit. And so I took it off and we hung it up and there was somebody steaming it. And it was like on this rack and it was like, we should take a picture of that. It looks so cool hanging on this rack. And then as soon as we like did that, it was like it would just all came together. Like, whoa, that should be the album cover. Like we don't need to. It, it almost was the perfect like like. Yeah, we, we don't need to title this album anything because it's like that image speaks for itself. Like you see that and you see plain white tees, you know who it is. And I mean, that, like I said, going along with this, this rejuvenation that we're feeling and everything else, it just seemed to make perfect. It, it like it all clicked and it seemed like we had planned it that way the whole time, even though it was totally an accident, but it, it, it all worked out and led us down that path, you know, so. You can't argue with with the universe or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's just perfect yeah. timing, perfect thing. Yeah. Can you let us in on um, any other ideas you had for the titles? So yeah, the it actually there's there's a <laughs> funny you should say that because there's there's artwork before oh, we took that photo oh, okay. of like an album, and we were thinking of calling it "Shape of a Daydream" because that's a lyric in one of the songs towards the end of the album. Um, so shape, it was almost called shape of a daydream. Yeah. Wow. It's mad how happy accidents like that can just change the whole perspective of things. Cause I was going to mention this album cover totally. and just the simplicity of it, but also like kind of nailing like with nostalgia being such a big thing at the moment, just have a plain white tee on the album cover. I thought was, was a brilliant idea, but yeah, to see it was a happy accident kind of makes it a, a little bit better again. Well, I mean, it was an accident, quote unquote, but as soon as it was like, as soon as we saw and we thought about it, it was like, wait, that should be, the, that's the album. You know, it all, like I said, it all clicked. So it was like, we stumbled upon it, but I mean, that's kind of how you do anything. You know, you're writing a song and you're like, you kind of like a lyric just kind of spills out of your mouth and like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. Or, you know, it's like, so we just, uh, yeah, luckily at that moment, it all just, it all just clicked. And doing this for so long now, how would you really compare Plain White T's his mentality today compared to kind of some of the early years? Because, you know, I feel like mentioning nostalgia and legacies and everything like that now, Plain White T's is being celebrated with a lot of his back catalog maybe that didn't really get the spotlight it did before. And I feel like, you know, there's a whole generation of, of fans who grew up with you guys who are now in the industry and kind of waving that flag. Do you kind of see a, a big difference of the band's growth over the years or just kind of little things that you will take in behind the scenes? Yeah. I mean, definitely there's this, I don't, I can't explain this resurgence of the, you know, emo and mm. pop punk and, you know, the, the two thousands thing that's happening right now. It's really cool. And, and it really, we are seeing it that like people, like of all young and older are like coming back around to like old albums and 
you know, showing up at the shows that we we've been doing all kind. We just did the, when we were young festival in Vegas, you know, um, which is a complete, yeah. I mean, you, I'm sure you, I don't have to explain yeah. that one to you guys. I'm sure you know <laughs> it, but, uh, just super fun. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I don't know why it's, I guess, lucky timing, you, you know, for us to be releasing new music and this whole resurgence happening really nice. So, yeah. And, and it's funny. You kind of mentioned that people that liked us, 15 years ago are now in the industry or, you know, a lot of uh, people that we worked with on this album, like producers and stuff are young. They were like fans of us when they were like kids or when they were younger. Wow. And so it's almost like, you know, they think it's really cool to be working with us because they love us from, you know, we inspired them back in the day. And I think it's cool to be working with them because it's like they're young and they're fresh and they've, they're not jaded yet. They're not like, (laughs) you know, they, they haven't been doing it so long that it feels like a job to them, you know? So it's just, it's a, it was like the perfect mix of like, yeah, like you said, timing, the legacy, the nostalgia, but then also mixed in with just the, the, the freshness, the fun. And, you know, like I said, a little bit of that, the, the youth mixed with the wisdom is it's a, it's a good combo. I find those people are the best to kind of work with at this stage in your career as well, because they understand what the band is. They already have a kind of connection to it and what they believe you guys should be doing, how it represents. And they kind of like, they want to put their own input into it with still respecting what you guys do rather than just coming in and being like, ah, oh, well, I think this It's kind of like they, they know they have like a, a preference sheet. They haven't, they know where they're coming from with, with this work. Yeah. That's a great, great way of saying it for sure. Like there was so many times, like when we were on a major label back, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, it's like, I'd be getting in the room with like a bunch of like really amazing, successful songwriters and turn out the worst shit you've ever heard because it's like, because it's like, oh, we're all geniuses in this room. So it's like, you know, I mean, it's just not the same vibe. It's like, it's yeah. Like, like, like you said, it's like the younger, younger people already have already kind of have it. They're hungrier, a, you know, Mm. so they're like, they're, they're passionate, uh, a lot more passionate than some of these older, you know, more successful people that I've worked with in the past. And, and like, yeah, like you said, it's like, they know what, plain white tees means to them and it actually means something to them because they did grow up loving the band and you know kind of we're a part of their dna already so it's kind of awesome to yeah have that it's almost like a full circle thing where it's like i know what plain white tees are you know what plain white tees are so like let's combine forces and make i don't know i mean it was really the synergy and everything was just perfect. Also, I will say plain white tea, like in within the band, we, we also were kind of being a little bit more, like you mentioned, self-aware earlier. Like we've done a lot of, you know, made up, we veered off track a little bit with just like trying things sonically, you know, like our last album in 2018 was kind of like more, uh, a little bit more, overproduced in like a dark pop kind of way. And I loved it. It was a great album, but like, it was like, it didn't, it didn't necessarily connect as much with people because 
again, they, you know, know us of a, 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 you know, a certain sound, a certain, a certain, um, you know, vibe, a certain feeling that they get when they hear Plain White Tees that maybe that album, you know, we kind of, you know, veered away from. And so just for us going into this new album, it was kind of like, okay, rather than like trying new things, let's like make the, an album that really, really, really feels like ourselves and feels like anybody can hear this. And there's no questioning what band this is just a really distinctive plain white tees album. And um, so it kind of goes with what you were saying with, with people already kind of knowing what, what we feel like to them, adding their input into how we're trying to identify ourselves and really be true to ourselves. It was just kind of the perfect, uh, you know, the perfect mix. But it's always nice exploring different elements and different influences as well. And, I've always found your band to have sat in like weird pockets at the same time because you've got that kind of emo pop punk side to you guys. But then I feel like you fit in with a lot of indie stuff, especially in the early 2000s. Obviously, acoustic guitars are a big part of different tracks and different vibes of the band as well. Has there ever been weird people trying to fit you in certain circles? Because you're not like... I don't know, people wouldn't call you an emo band, but then you fit in on the emo festivals. Totally. I mean, it, it's a weird identity. I think we've kind of struggled with that our whole, even as a local band, like in Chicago, playing like local shows, you know, in high school, it was like, we were like, not like hard enough to be like the super punk, like hardcore shows, but we weren't like, light enough to do go do like acoustic coffee shop you know it was like we kind of were like this weird thing that never really fit in anywhere and then yeah like you said i mean we've toured with from you know fallout boy to snow patrol to uh jason mraz to (laughs) panic at the disco to you know it's like all these different uh yeah it's like we we fit in everywhere and nowhere at the same time you know I mean, it's like a blessing and a curse, I guess, you know, it's like we kind of sound unique, but almost like not unique enough, but too unique <laughs> at the same time. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. No, no, I, I feel you. Like it's, it's that old saying, like, you know, you're, you're too hardcore for the, the acoustics gigs, but you're too acoustic for the hardcore gigs. But where are you supposed to go in between? <laughs> yeah. Right to number one. That's where well, you, know. yeah, you did. You yeah. did. So you can't you can't argue with that either. So. Yeah. <laughs> Take out both of those fucking places and people. Yeah. In your fucking face. Uh, That's yeah, fucking yeah. brilliant. <laughs> well no, I, I'm I'm slightly younger as well, so I still come from the generation who is obsessed with every second counts and like Oh nice. Remember seeing you on iCarly and everyone in school Hell talking yeah. about yeah. it and stuff like that, right? <laughs> do you still do you still get a lot of just random comments for those kind of things? So I'm sure like, you know, your songs have been featured on films and TV shows and in the background there's so many things I'm sure you don't even know of. So do you get a lot of people coming up to you now and being like, "Oh, I remember this specific memory of something you have no idea about?" I mean, absolutely. Well, like you said, iCarly. I mean, honestly, that's still, yeah, to this day, one of the weirdly biggest things we've done. And and it was at the time we, 
you know, we filmed that and before the show had even aired or anything. So it was like, we had no idea if it was going to be uh, like you're saying some random thing that we did and then forgot about, or, yeah. or if it was actually going to be something. And luckily the show was like a cultural phenomenon and, and it was, <laughs> became so huge. And we were like a little part of that. So yeah, a lot of people have that connection. Um, and it's awesome that like, yeah, like young people, even young people still to this day, I feel like our audience is anywhere from like seventh graders up because I don't know, maybe because of those little moments. I mean, of course, Delilah is kind of still banging everywhere, you know, but, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it, I don't know what it is, but it's really cool that that connection is still there because I mean, for me, I don't know about you guys, but like that's when I fell in love with music, you know, like junior high, high school. It's like, mm. like that's when it ma I mean, it still obviously matters to me very much every day, but like that's when the passion started, you know? So to really still kind of be connected with that youth is, is pretty incredible, pretty important. You know? Yeah. Has anybody ever recognized you as uh, the band from iCarly? <laughs> oh been? yeah. I mean, people always like, most of when, when, when I get like recognized, it's always, you know, do you ever, you know, has anybody ever told you, you look a lot like the guy from plain white tea. Like that's nobody is like, Hey, well, actually there are some times where somebody will just come up and say, Hey, just want to say, I really love your music or, Hey, saw you on, I loved you on iCarly or something, <laughs> you know, but nine times out of 10, it's like the, you know, has anybody ever told you, you look just like the guy that sings, Hey there, Delilah. I'm like, yeah, I get that a lot. That's me. And uh, for, for a while, I would be like, I would just play like, I'd not be like an asshole, but be like, oh yeah, I've, I've heard that. That's cool. And not say anything. Right. But now I'm just like, yeah, hi, I'm Tom, you know, nice to meet you. Like, let's do a picture or something. You know, it's like kind of, uh, it was maybe more annoying when, uh, it was, we were a little bit more, it was happening more often and we were a little bit more in the spotlight, I guess, back in the day. So now it's just kind of like, yeah, hey, man, what's up? You know, good to meet you or whatever. I learned the hard way not to cut them off if they start saying, are you the guy from? Because the first time it ever happened to me, um, I, I was in a band called The Blackout who, who did surprisingly well. Um, someone come on to me for the first time. I was buying socks in a shop and the girl said, are you? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And she went, Tom from McFly. And I went, oh, I'm not in McFly. No, <laughs> ah, shit. And I was like, oh, I've, damn yeah. it. So, yeah, that was the worry. That's so, yeah, that's funny. Yes, I, I'm definitely. Yeah, that's a good point. Sometimes, yeah, you don't. Maybe they don't know who the hell you are, but they know you, but they don't. You know what I mean? There's that thing, too. It's like you look so familiar. I get that a lot, too. Actually, you look really familiar. And I'm like, what am I supposed to tell you? Um, plain white <laughs> <That's TVs? laughs> yeah, hi. you know, I don't know. <laughs> where do I know you from? I don't know. It depends yeah, where you exactly. live. I don't, like, do you live near me? <laughs> if you live in Merthyr Tidville, yeah, you might know me. Um, I go to Tesco yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I, just, I just like telling people they recognize me from Crime Watch, and then they also, then you just... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, America's Most Wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then you're just like, what? Cops. Exactly. Yeah, I was on an Cops. episode of Cops. I was on an episode no, yeah, oh, even worse. You could be like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you might recognize me from... I was on that show once with uh, Chris Hansen. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh -oh. Yeah. 
Uh, That's the last thing anyone ever wants to be recognized from, I suppose. <laughs> you made a you made a joke there about Delilah still getting played a couple of times. I think that's that's underselling it a little bit. It's I never mean, gonna die. It's <laughs> crazy. I wanted to ask, has anyone ever done a study on how many times a day that song gets played, whether it's on radio stations? Never mind streaming and YouTube hits and all that, but just in clubs and pubs, restaurants. I mean, that song is such a mega hit that it's still played. I mean, I don't know. There's, you know, there's like perform like ASCAP or something that supposedly keeps track of all that stuff and (laughs) pays me, you know, like a half a penny every time it gets played somewhere. But like, yeah, I don't know that that is interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Like what are those metrics? You know, like, yeah, around the because the song was was like a worldwide. It was like number one in like ten or eleven different countries. It was crazy. So, yeah, I guarantee it's still getting played randomly in like corners of the world every day. It's it's kind of crazy to think about. I don't doubt it's being played somewhere right now. I mean, <laughs> I wonder if you could twenty four hours a day, it's being played somewhere. Yeah, think about that. At, yeah, exactly. At every second period, Delilah's getting pl- like Delilah is constantly getting played either in somebody's headphones, on somebody's Spotify, or on a radio station, or in a store, or TV yeah, show. Like, yeah, like it is. It is probably always getting played somewhere. That's crazy <laughs> to think. That's wild. That's mad. Yeah, you've got a song that's on constant rotation in the world. In the world. Wow. <laughs> you know, we're about to hit uh, a billion streams on Spotify, too. That's a big one. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. And at Spotify, that's like, that's like we actually sold millions as well mm. before Spotify, yeah. you know? So it's like, it's pretty huge. Um, so, yeah, that's a landmark we're about to hit. Pretty, wow. pretty exciting there. Yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. Congratulations. Hell yeah. It's nice to see that it's still creating achievements like that so far after it's releasing. I'm sure, like, to an extent, you're probably fed up talking about the song and we totally appreciate it and get that. But, like, has it ever been, I don't want to say a struggle, but just kind of mentally weird to accept the fact that because it's such a big hit, that you kind of have a perspective from people who only know you for that song? And then you have people who know the band for his whole back catalogue and the kind of inner battles between that. Because I'm sure a lot of people in similar situations could kind of get bitter and kind of kind of have negative reactions about that song. But I mean, I've seen you post so many funny jokes and stuff about its legacy. You know, you've done the Emo's Not Dead videos and stuff mm-hmm. like that about it. So yeah, I just yeah. wanted to ask, like, is there ever being a kind of battle to be like, Delilah versus playing white tees. You know, I mean, it, it definitely eclipsed the band. It definitely got so big that, uh, yeah, that like obviously more people know, hey, they're Delilah than know plain white tees. You know, it's even though they are kind of synonymous with each other, it's, it's definitely the song, you know, kind of blew everything out for sure. But that being said, I mean, 
I don't know. Like it's, it's incredible that, that it, it connected on such a huge level. Um, I mean, that's why you pick up a guitar. That's why you do it. It's like you, you dream of having that kind of success. You dream of having a song that, that goes number one. You dream of playing concerts and you've got thousands of people, you know, screaming those lyrics back to you like that. So yeah, you can't get too mad. You know, you can't get mad at it really at all. What you can get mad at is like, damn it. Why didn't one, two, three, four go to number one? Or, you know, it's like, why didn't like this new album? It's like, I, I really have high hopes that, you know, again, I don't think anything's ever going to touch Delilah, but it's, you know, I, I really think this new album is going to connect in a way that, uh, that a lot of our, our, you know, more recent albums, uh, haven't. I really do think this one just feels, feels right and is going to, is going to take us somewhere. But again, it's like Delilah is just, it's its own thing that we have no control over. And, and I, and I, I love it and I'm not mad about it at all. And as well, isn't it just, it's inspired like an author to write a whole novel around the song, creating a story and like stuff like that must be crazy to see, not just the, like the legacy of the song, but it inspires like books and other forms of art. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There was, yeah, some, uh, this, this author, like a New York Times bestselling author Ooh. wrote a book called What You Do to Me that was like literally her version of like the story of the song. And it's, she actually uses some of the lyrics. I had to like approve her to like oh, wow. use some lines from the song in the book. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, how cool is that? Something that I, some song I wrote in my mom's apartment is like inspiring books and things like that. There was actually, there was talks that we're going to make a TV show um, that it never, never happened. But um, yeah, there was like, there was like a TV show being pitched around with like the Hather, Del like called Hather Delilah with the storyline, you know, kind of just going from the song and making this, telling this whole story around it. Yeah. It, it's pretty wild. It's yeah. And, and I mean, honestly, I don't even think that it's, that's, we've seen the end of that stuff. You know, it's like, I, I'm, I think there's going to be like a musical or something like, Hey there, Delilah, the musical, or I don't know. I mean, it's like, I wouldn't be surprised because this song has just really had a life of its own and has never kind of ceased to amaze me where it goes or, you know, what happens with it. Well, yeah, it's a cultural phenomenon. Like it's, yeah, the, yeah, musical genius, great idea, if, fantastic. If, yeah. if if someone approached you, like if if like a musical, someone in that in that side of the industry approached you, and like they want to write a musical with you about that, would you be on board, or would you be like, hell yeah, I would love. I actually, I would love that. I wrote a song um, a few years ago for um, for Broadway for the SpongeBob musical. <laughs> and uh it was r really fun and it it actually the the score got the yeah the the score got nominated for a tony award so wow. i've technically been no been nominated for a tony and a grammy Ooh. um yes. so that's pretty cool lost them both but that's okay that's you know still you got the nomination you can put exactly. nomination on that's everything the yeah 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 but anyway so yeah it was so fun to do like i mean i'm, I'm you know writing songs is like that's my that's that's the best and my favorite part of the whole thing. So it'd be really fun to, yeah, to kind of develop and kind of dive into that world and yeah, write some songs around 
like the story. Hey, they're Delilah musical. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, if you, if you guys know anybody, send them my way, right. let's do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I've got, I've got this, I've got this uncle, um, Andrew, <laughs> um, Andrew Lloyd Webber, his name is. I oh, know. I've heard <laughs> of him. Yeah. yeah. God. Imagine. No, imagine. Yeah. All you need now though is, um, to get involved in some film that gets an Oscar nomination and then you can be like, oh, you have the Holy Trinity. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, that'll be it. <laughs> well, let's do it. You guys know anybody in movies? Come on, help me out. Musicals, movies. I've got another, yeah, I've got, a, I've got another uncle, Martin <laughs> Scorsese. Imagine, uh, you one uncle's Andrew Lloyd Webber, the other uncle's Martin Scorsese. Oh, I'll just sort it out now. Yeah, I'll just give him a call. Yeah. Um, yeah, how did the SpongeBob thing come about? Hmm. Um, honestly, they, they just reached out. It was, uh, they, there was a few different artists. The, the whole, um, score was written by different like like brendan from panic of the disco wrote one uh i think steven tyler from aerosmith so i think they just approached a bunch of people that they <clears throat> were fans of the people that wrote the musical or maybe were producing it or whatever and um i don't know i don't know how i got on that list but i i wrote a really fun song called bff that's kind of like a little friendship best friend song between spongebob and patrick it's really cute <laughs> I love, I love you just like, oh yeah, you know, it was me, it was Steven Tyler, you know, just casual, <laughs> just the, the casual. Hey, you know, Cindy Lauper was on there, whatever. <laughs> oh. Well, do, well, do, do things like that ever just make you go like, how am I in si these situations? There must be over the years so many stuff. If it's meeting like icons or just people you never thought you'd be allowed in a room with getting to do mad shit that makes you stop and just be like, What's this about? What, what's going on here? Am I being punked? <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty crazy. It was um, like one of the coolest moments was at the when we were at the Grammys uh, that year for Hey There Delilah, we were seated right across the aisle from Ringo Starr. Aww. And so at one point I got to go say hi to him and shake his hand. And, you know, like those are moments where you're like, like I remember that more than like the, the night at the Grammys, you know, that was like mm, yeah. my, the moment that stood out to me getting to meet Ringo, you know? Um, so there's definitely been moments like that. It, recently, it was really cool. I, I did, uh, I performed at emo night at Coachella last year and, um, ran into Phineas, um, you know, Billy Eilish's brother. Yeah. And he stopped me to say, we love your music. We love plain white tees you got to go say hi to Billy. And I'm like, hell yeah. And so me, <laughs> me and my, my 13 year old son, who this was his first ever music festival. Oh, we were like hanging out with Billie Eilish ever. in her, like in her trailer. And she was like singing my songs to me. It was like one of those moments where it was like, what the hell is happening right now? It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we were, we were Billie Eilish's first ever favorite band. So that's pretty cool. Oh, wow. that, you need a t-shirt with that on. That needs to be merch. <laughs> right. That needs yeah, to be slow. Good idea. Oh. It's a good idea. You've got to. Yeah, you've got to. Please do that. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, you became the coolest dad at a festival that year. Oh, I mean, like, come on. Yeah. I can never take him to another music festival because he's going <laughs> to think that's the, yeah. <laughs> Dad, are we going to meet the headline act? And she's going yeah, exactly. to tell you how, how fucking brilliant you are. Oh, not tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Who is it? Metallica. Shit, we can't go. <laughs> Whoops. That's awesome. Uh, that is amazing. 
I was just putting myself in, in your son's shoes. Like, imagine me in 13. Like you said, you love music at that age. You found it. It's fucking incredible. But one of the biggest artists in the world absolutely loves your dad. Yeah, definitely. If he had any doubt, if I was like, you know, if I was cool that day, that <laughs> yeah. definitely sealed the deal for him. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Literally. He's like, oh, dad, I don't care you're in a band. Stop going on about it. <laughs> exactly. And then he's yeah. like, you fucking Billy Eilish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Justification. <laughs> Yeah, my son actually still, he loves plain white tees too. So that's kind of like, oh, good. I'm good. just waiting for like that moment where he gets like too cool. He's like, oh, whatever, dad. Like, I don't care. But, <laughs> you know, but yeah, so far, so good. So yeah. good. Well, yeah. <laughs> it must be nice though, as well, where he's at the age, like kind of understanding life a little bit more when you have a new album out. And like, I'm sure he's going to come to these shows and just seeing the, reaction itself and that must just be like a whole different perspective for you to kind of share that with the family totally well he's you know i mean he's been a part of you know when i make a like a write a song or he's in the other room doing a school or something and he's hearing me write it you know where when he was younger it was a lot more i had to kind of kind of get away from the house or like you know get into my own headspace and now that he's a little older and it can coexist and he's in one room doing his thing. I'm, you know, writing and recording in another room. And then it kind of comes together and it's like, Hey, did you, what did you think of that song? You know, he's like, Oh, it's awesome. Or, you know, like it's cool to have him, the older he gets, the more, like you said, the more kind of part of the process he can be, you know, kind of in the studio or hanging, you know, more and more. So it's, yeah, it's almost makes it that much more special having that little connection to it. Yeah, you got to make sure he's not taking notes for when he's 18 to go, well, actually, I wrote that bit there. I told you that bit was a good idea. Yeah, exactly. Totally. So I think you find 20% of that song is mine. So thank you very much, Dad. Uh, well, I mean, I'm hoping that, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to like, I don't want to push him into music, but he really is good. Like he's got a good ear. You know, he's good with it. He plays a little guitar and stuff like that. So I'm hoping, like, I'm waiting for the, like, the day to come where he's like, oh, dad, check out this song that I wrote. You know, like, yeah. I know it's gonna, he's going to start doing that stuff. So I'm excited to, you know, I'm just kind of waiting for that moment to happen. Oh, I love that. That's extremely wholesome. I just, I love that you guys have that relationship, especially with the music. Um, as you said, you've been in diff- so many different elements of this industry, and I'm sure there's so many lessons you've learned, like, the hard way, but also just kind of, on the road and everything like that. Is there ever any advice you give to people when you have these conversations with, with fellow musicians or new artists or anything? Because, you know, you've been involved with independent labels and, and all that kind of other projects and stuff. So yeah, I was just wondering if, if there's anything that comes to mind when you have these conversations with people. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You know, one of the the first and best pieces of advice that we ever got 
we had a, our very first manager. He basically said, like, he told us, like, just don't quit. And you're going to make, it might be one album. It might be five albums, you know, but, but just don't quit. Don't stop. Just keep going. And, you know, you're going to, you're going to have some kind of success. You're going to make some impression. You're going to make a dent, you know? And uh, I always tell people like, I mean, half the, you know, the artists, like the biggest producers in the world right now are guys who were like in bands that never made it or so, you know what I mean? It's like Mm, failed bands, but this guy just loved writing songs. So he got in with this, you know, it's like, it kind of, as long as you're like following that path, following your heart, if you will, as cheesy as that sounds, it's like, you're going to find, find a way. And maybe it's not to exactly what you thought your, your, your dream was or your path was, but it's going to take you somewhere pretty close. You know, it's going to, you're going to, you're going to be happier doing that than you would just kind of being too afraid to follow your dreams or, you know, not doing it at all and just being stuck with some job that you didn't really love or you don't love going doing. So yeah, that's just kind of my advice is like, if you really, if you have that inclining to be an artist in any way, whether it's music or painting or film or whatever, it's like, yeah, I would just follow that and, and it'll, it'll lead you somewhere, somewhere good. Nice. We're, we're, um, Where's the weirdest place playing White Teeds have ever played? What's the strangest venue? I've ever played. Ah. Oh. Well, uh somebody just brought up the other day. We 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 played we did a Walmart parking lot tour, which is cool. wow. kind of uh <laughs> kind of weird. Let's see. I mean, we've played of course we've done our our share of like backyard parties and you know garages and stuff back in the day as like a local band um yeah i mean walmart parking lots are pretty i'd say that's that's got to be up there to tour it as well yeah yeah I, <laughs> yeah exactly multiple i have so many <laughs> questions about it like was walt but did walmart put on the tour did you just turn up in random parking lots no, every day? It, it was it was like a wall yeah it was like a sponsor i think it was us and boys like girls actually wow when we were both, yeah we were both like kind of starting <laughs> to break a little bit and i think somehow the labels set it up because then walmart stocked our album or you know uh, some kind of promotion okay. with walmart yeah but yeah, there wow. were free shows in like, I think we did like five, four or five different Walmarts like around the West Coast. And, you know, it was it was really fun because thousands of people turned up to show up to the free show. Uh, and it was it was great. Yeah. Would do it again. hundred percent. Would do it again. <laughs> See, this is what I love about like the, the culture over in the States because you'd never get over here. No one's put in bands tesco. on in the tesco yeah. or as the car parks or anything we're not getting that yeah well let's do it bring play white teas to the you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh you know what hang on hang on you know where we played one um what's the store kind of like a real fancy store harrods is it harrods the is it a posh toy shop in london a posh shop yeah. in london it, I, I mean think so, yeah, yeah. We've we played there. What? How, yes. What? How, we played what? there. For, <laughs> how did that come about? What for? <laughs> uh, I don't fucking remember. But 
Yeah, that was really weird and cool. I want to say that this I might be totally um, mixing my mixing my stories here, okay. but I want to say that we did some like pen company, Ooh. like we like did a some weird like endorse thing where plain white tees. There's like some fancy ass like four hundred dollar pen that was on that was sold through Harrods. And we performed that in the store for like this promotion. Super weird. Wow. <laughs> okay. It's like, a, it's almost like, it's like, am I making this up? But no, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. not. You guys, you'll have to like Google it. I'm sure there's some, oh, some proof out there. That's, uh, yeah. We've, well, we've never heard anything like that. So that's. Where's the pen connection? <laughs> I don't, what? I don't, yeah. Th- yeah. Yeah. Very weird. Very pen weird. What? Pen white tees? No, uh, yeah. Pen white tees? No, I don't really know what the connection was. It was like somebody wanted to use us to sell an expensive ass pen somehow, and we said, "Okay, well, whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever works, right? Whatever yeah. works." At the end of the whatever. day, yeah, those might be in. two. Di- it might be two different things. The pen thing. I know the pen thing happened, but that may not have been the Harrods connection. <laughs> but either way, we definitely did both of those things, and they're both in. They were both in the UK for sure. So wow. Yeah, sorry for making your experiences over here so weird. I don't, I don't know why we've got a <laughs> reputation. We've got a reputation yeah. of that. Yeah, it's funny that that over there we do the nicest store possible, and over here we did Walmart. You know, so it's <laughs> the opposite uh, opposite ends. With with that story as well, I love the idea of like all these pop punk and emo kids turning up. But then people still come in to do their shopping and being so confused about what's going on. Like, oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Uh, Probably being real mad because the park, there's nowhere to park and it's all filled. There's too many people, you know. They're just coming to get their, you know, Doritos or something and they can't. Yeah. <laughs> I just came for some camping equipment and there's a bloody yeah. band in the way. <laughs> Shit. We recently had um, Cassidy Pope on, and she was telling mm. us the story of playing the Emo's Not Dead cruise, which you were part of for the same year. Yeah. Um, uh, tricky playing on water, or was it just, well, smooth sailing, but I didn't mean the pun for that, uh, which I, yeah. <laughs> So the very first, uh, we first started our first gig, because you play a, you know, it's like a three or four day thing, and you do like, three shows throughout the the course of it. And so the very first day we were one of the first bands to go on, like the night everyone boarded the cruise. I think we might've been like the kickoff band or something. And so when we started playing, the boat was still docked. And Uh as we're playing, all of a sudden we all started like kind of like, I thought like, man, is this booze just hitting me real hard right now? Because why am I like, wobbling and then we realized like oh shit the boat just took off so it was like a weird thing going from like solid to like now you're moving but honestly once once it's moving you kind of weirdly don't notice it as much it's i don't know it's pretty smooth but but yeah it was uh it was definitely weird that very first set made us all feel like we were on drugs it was crazy did anybody any of the bands were they sick during their gigs during during all shows? You know, there was at one point in that, and it wasn't really from the shows, but at one point there was like a rockier day, and so I feel like everybody, like everybody, bands and like 
people on the boat were all a little bit like, okay, I'm just going to sit this one out. I'm like, you know, <laughs> kind of feeling a little bit woozy. There was one day that, yeah, it was like, yeah. Like if you were, especially by like the back of the boat because of the way it like just moves more, it's like, yeah, it kind of got a little dicey, but uh, yeah, for the most part, it was, you know, pretty easy, pretty smooth. Why? What did Cassidy say about it? Just, yeah, similar things about just moving along and singing is well, something you've never had to kind of put up with before. Yeah, you really don't think about it uh, before you go on the boat. And then you're like, oh, I guess I'm doing this. Okay, you know, <laughs> I was not prepared. Oh, I just think of the heavier bands as well, because imagine like starting a mosh pit and then the boat's moving and then no one can oh, control it. Oh. The world's most wonky circle pit. Yeah, it's like... Ellipse pit. It's an ellipse pit because they keep running <laughs> sideways. What's going yeah. on? It just throws a new a new dimension to the to the pit, you know. Literally, literally. As we start winding down on this conversation a little bit, Tom, um, you've talked so much about the creativity towards music, but I know as well that you like to do a lot of art and get commissioned to do some paintings from time to time. I have been. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually just a big, I mean, I'm not sure where are you guys located in the UK? Are you Wales? Wales. Yeah, we're Welsh. South Wales. Oh, Wales. Okay. So yeah, I'm like a, obviously this is probably, you're going to roll your eyes, but a huge Banksy fan, right? Bristol. Nice. No. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, everybody kind of loves him, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, but yeah, so the love of Banksy just kind of got me into just collecting art and like finding new artists. And I, I'm, I'm honestly kind of obsessed. Like I have a problem of just like, you know, just buying art and trying like just becoming friends with all these cool artists and stuff. And, but anyway, I got, I, I, I got so into art that I started just painting myself and I'm not, not certainly not technically good, but I'm, it's almost like punk rock where it's like, you don't really have to be good. You just have to like, tell your story, you know, and like three chords in the truth is all you need for punk rock. You know, it's kind of a similar thing. So I just kind of like, I don't know. I just write some words and like kind of just dots and like, just kind of like just throw a bunch of stuff kind of at the canvas and it all kind of just, I think it looks kind of cool. And yeah, I think that some people are, um, yeah, they've commissioned some things and bought some pieces that I've made and definitely like, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to be hanging in any museums anytime soon, but definitely a fun, you know, way to just kind of be creative outside of, of music. Well, you mentioned Banksy then. So Haley Connolly, who works with Good as Gold Group, um, your PR team, she met Banksy once. Oh, no shit. Yeah, you'll have to have a chat with her about... Okay, uh, I got to talk to her, yeah. Yeah, she, she used to share an office with the manager of the Fratellis. Who were a okay. British indie band. Yeah, so Banksy made, once upon a time in North London, he made like this giant, it was like made out of traffic cones, but it was like a big ball made out of traffic cones. And her friend ended up taking her home. Wow. Yeah, it gets worse. His father disassembled it. Oh, because no. Because th he, he thought he was taking up too much space in the garage. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Haley Conley ended up meeting him. So yes, when when you're over or whenever you speak to Haley from Good as Gold or Matt from Good as Gold next, tell him you want to hear Haley's Banksy story. Beautiful. I'm going to do that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've I've been like just through people I've met, I I am like 
that one degree of separation, like I'm, I'm this close to being in that position or somehow meeting him or something being, being around. Maybe I already have for all I know. I don't well, know. I, don't yeah. Know. Yeah, we, <laughs> I just want to see what he looks like. That's all I want now. I know. Right. Right. That's all I want. Like I've watched everything he's done. I've watched all the other like, um, indie documentaries on him or, there's a good one called The Graffiti Wars. I don't know if you've seen mm-hmm. that. It's about... I don't think so. Him and a guy called King... Oh... Oh, Robo, maybe? King yeah. Robo, that's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So him and Robo... Yeah, so it's about him and Robo going back and forth on this wall, and then Robo gets attacked one night and ended up in, like, a coma, and they didn't know if he was Banksy. And Yeah, it's just this little mad law and, like, tales and stuff. It's all mental, and I love it. Totally. Yeah. It's like, it's like gives you something like as we get older, you know, the less and less you have less to be excited about because you've kind of seen everything. And, and yeah, Banksy, it like, he always keeps it. It's always like Christmas morning whenever he pulls a prank or he does something, you know, it's like, whoa, it's so exciting. It's just the fact that he's been able to go this long and people still don't know who he is. Like we're massive wrestling fans, right? So it's for us, that's like that is keeping into character completely you don't see that anymore you don't see that it's amazing when you're when you're in the middle of being creative for one thing do you often get inspired at the same time to then create something else so like do the paintings inspire songs or songs inspire paintings or anything like that yeah or do you like to keep it completely separate you know it's kind of like i kind of compartmentalize it just because it's like some sometimes the painting is almost like to like a an, a purpose escape from thinking about me. You know, I'll just put on like jazz or something that I that is not anything in like a pop you know realm and just kind of like not think about anything and just paint. You know, so yeah, I'd say they're probably different. Um, definitely I've done a couple paintings where I've written like, Hey, there, Delilah as the thing, or, you know, I'll put some, like a lyric in there. So there's, there's a little bit of a tie in sometimes, but I don't think it's necessarily like one inspires the other or like I'm doing one and I think of a lyric or something like that. Uh, I kind of keep them separated. But what if you brought them together and you had like paint on a guitar plectrum <laughs> or whenever you oh, strummed your you guitar, know actually the paint went onto the... Canvas. I should probably paint a guitar for my lot for the the tour or something. That's a good idea. There you go. Mm. Hey, yeah. If you need, um, yeah, let the management know or the PR people know that if you need any ideas for stuff, yeah, we're here all the time. We're, <laughs> we're literally brimming. We're we brimming literally just them. give people ideas and then we get no credit for it. But it's all right. Yeah, it's okay. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> That's okay. That's fine. That's yours now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we give Brandon Boyd a t-shirt design because I said um, singer, songwriter, artist, and never-aging mega babe, Brandon Boyd. Yeah, no kidding, right? His manager was like, can we have never-aging mega babe as a t-shirt design? I was like, please, put that on that. Brandon Boyd. I mean, that's how else can you describe that guy? Seriously. Literally. I mean, you know, it's unbelievable. I, I call him that or New Metal Jesus. Mm, that works. Because that's it. That works. Yeah. He's um, <laughs> lovely, fantastic. See, I would well, go. Andrew. I would go with. I would go with Jared Leto as like the, like the Jesus, never aging Jesus. Maybe. I'd yeah, go for that's him. a good one. Yeah, mm. he's a. That's going to end up being. He's got a paint in somewhere, or um, 
that's aged terribly or something like I don't know. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's going to turn out. Yeah, Jared Leto's got some sort of evil curse or something where yeah. he stays Did beautiful you see forever. Just like climb the Empire State Building or something. Did you guys see that? Oh, no, you know what? I, I tell you, what, I'm sick. This. I'm sick of doing that myself. I'm bored of it. <laughs> like, oh, not another person. Cl- yeah, Morgan the other day, um, for absolutely, yeah, nobody asked him to for no reason what, whatsoever. Jared Leto. Yeah, must have thought it was an attractive girl at the top of the Empire State Building because he yeah, climbed exactly. it. <laughs> wow. I, yeah, I, yeah. Well, when you've got 30 seconds to Mars money, I guess you, you can do all that, right? Oh, he's got film money well, as well. Oh, he's, he's got, got, yeah, got, exactly. oh, he's got exactly. all the money. He's got all the money, man. He's got all the money. Get them all in, Jared. Oh, God. Hell. God. Uh, Tom, we're going to leave you with, with two last questions. Um, this one might be a bit silly, but I was looking at the album track list earlier. Um, so with this podcast, I love a pun and I thought of a brilliant oh, pun God. related question. We've Ooh, talked, okay. a, we've talked a lot about just the industry and things you've learned and advice and everything like that. But what is, um, something about music that gets you fired up and Ooh. something that is a red flag? Ah, I like that. Oh, okay. God, I don't. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, you know. That's uh, a good good use of the uh, song titles. I try, you know? I try I my like best. That. That's the one thing people can guarantee <laughs> from me is I try my best. He does it. He does it at the beginning of every episode when I try and introduce the guest, because um, we do like intros before this bit. And um, yeah, every time he uses the song, to, and it fucking grinds my. Because some of them are so jarring. <laughs> He's literally just no, fucking. That's, that's good. It's me. consistency, you know. I like yeah. it. Yeah, five years of that. Five years of that. So you can tell it's it's not okay, yeah, well I, for him. I get it. Yeah, I yeah. get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Okay. So what gets me fired up? I mean, I'm always like I said, I, I I'm a huge fan. I'm a fanboy for sure. So like when I find an artist that I love, I just like I just I can't get enough of them. You know, like I can't like I got to buy the vinyl. I've got to buy the the t-shirts, you know, I've got to like everything. Like I, I just like soak them up. Um, so yeah, for me, what gets me fired up is just, just great music that I discover. Did we talk about 100 Gex at all? No, in this we yet? no. So they're like, you guys familiar with them? Yeah, I know of. Yeah. They are my, my favorite, like current artists. They're so fun and just, I don't know. It, it's, it just, they're so outside of the box and it's, it's just, it's really exciting music that they make. And, um, so yeah, so like, that's an artist, like, like just music like that, that like just gets, you know, makes me, makes me see music differently. You know, that's, uh, that, that's, that gets me fired up. And then red flags in the music industry. I don't know. It's like, I don't want to like, like I, I try not to be negative about things, you know? Um, I do think, you know, it, it's kind of annoying that like, and, and I know that we have, we have to get more on like the TikTok thing because yeah. we're not that good at it. But like, that's so annoying that like, it's like such a requirement now for an artist. It's like, especially a new artist who's like just trying to break. It's like, you know, even artists that I follow, that's like, okay, cool. You've posted 18 different times you singing the same song. And I know I get it that you're doing it and you have to, but it's just like a little bit, I don't know if it's necessarily a red flag. Like I said, I don't want to say they're doing something wrong or bad, 
it's just like for me and my personal taste, I wish that there was something something more a little bit more inspiring than mm. having to make tiktok videos you know yeah that's exactly how i feel about it it's just it feels like we instantly come across as old men if you're like i don't want to have to do this totally. but totally none of nobody signs it no none of us signed up to do tiktok like none of us yeah. are like oh do you know what i want to be i want to be a mini film director for about 15 <laughs> seconds every night like a music career Right. Every single day I have to make a new video and it's, yeah, it's, it's, I'd rather just, I mean, I'm yeah, more of like a old school, I guess, but it's like, you know, I'd rather make one like music video. That's really good. Mm, or, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, or yeah, it's like, imagine if you'd had to like write a different song every day and put it out there. It's like, why don't you just like take your time and take a year and make an album that's really good. That's all, you know, write 30 songs and then take the best ones. And those, you know, I don't know. It's just a, it's a little bit like of a disposableness to it that, that I don't like, you know, it's like, it has to be so fast and so cheap. And like, I don't know, it, it like Throw almost away. like, does it take away the importance of it, of the song or of yeah. the, you know, I don't no, know. I I can I I get that completely because if you're comparing it to music videos, obviously that you put the effort into that and that's there forever. And can people remember music videos and rewatch them? I don't know, like TikToks. You might go, oh, that's a very funny TikTok and save it. But are you rewatching that in five years? With you know, we still right. watch. You know, I'm sure we still watch. If there is, yeah, if there is TikTok <laughs> in five years, <laughs> right, right. Because that's the thing. Like all these things come and go so fast now. Like it wasn't that long ago though. As I'm drinking my uh, MTV <laughs> you know, mug, yeah. you know. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago that I was do I was doing well on MySpace. And yeah, exactly. Fuck, that's fucking super dead. I yeah. can't believe it. Yeah. yeah, that was bonkers. Bonkers to think that one day I logged into MySpace for the last time and I was like, right, no more. And we didn't even know. And I did so well on it. Yeah, and I don't <laughs> even know why it changed. Like... Why Why we all shifted to something else? We just like, oh, yeah, I want to get a Friendster account. Friendster! That was shit. Well, yeah. yeah, it's like you always have to try the new thing or something. I don't know. Well, Tom, one question I do like to end on with guests that have such a unique back catalog is I would like you, if you can, to tell us about two songs, one that you think is completely underrated from the back catalog, maybe overshadowed, it didn't get the, the attention it deserved, and one track from this new self-titled album that you're just really excited for people to hear and, and think is going to be a, a key figure for people listening. Um. Wow, yeah, that's a tough question with the back catalog. I mean, there's... I don't know that this is what like the one that I would pick if I had to, but I always, I thought the song boomerang, which is off of our album wonders of the younger. I thought that that was going to be a lot bigger than it became. Like it never really got a chance to go to like radio or anything, but like that was one when I wrote, it was like, it felt like it felt like it hit all the right marks. And you know I mean? It felt really mm. special. Um, so maybe I, I mean, just for the sake of not thinking too hard, I would say that off the top of my head. And, um, and then for the new album, you know, it's funny because we've released a bunch of songs. I do think you mentioned fired up and red flags very subtly 
earlier. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I didn't think you noticed. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, fucking, I do, I do think, fucking I do think <laughs> both of those songs are definite standouts for me. Um, the, so I do think that, um, you know, those would be two for people to check out. I also think there's a song that we haven't put out yet that's on, you know, coming on the, on the album called L O V E that I think really, if you like Delilah one, two, three, four, those, you know, kind of classic acoustic plain white T songs, I think L O V E will be the one that catches your ear and it'll be like an instant, like instant favorite. Amazing. Amazing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you so much for taking the time, Tom. Obviously, we've really yes. enjoyed this. It's been yeah, great to hear you all your stories, great with all the laughs, and just excited for, for what's next. And hopefully, you guys will be in the UK soon and we can share some more jokes. Yeah, I would. I mean, we're definitely planning on getting there in 2024. So we'll see you guys soon, hopefully. Yeah. We'll be and I got to find Banksy, you know? Gotta find <laughs> That's true. Banksy. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. I'm going to go on a Banksy. <laughs> hunt again now after this i'm gonna yeah right because you've reminded yeah what i do is there's a website called virtualglobetrotting.com and you can go on there and click banksy and it will show you where all the banksies are oh nice it's like an instant street view as well so you can literally drop your little man there and be like oh here it is here it is in front of me i'm gonna go and do that right after this yeah so thank you very much for the inspiration tom really appreciate it thank you very much for this thank you yeah, thank you guys. That was fun. You listen to Sammy Bogus! Yes! Woo! What a lovely, excellent chap Tom is. What a brilliant conversation. I couldn't believe it. Also, potentially the coolest dad in the world now, according to his son as well, and you cannot <laughs> blame him for thinking so. Wow. That's the thing, right? The fact that Billie Eilish's first ever favorite band was the Playing White Tees just shows how far they have come in their career and how much of an impact they have on so many people's lives from their back catalogue. It's just absolutely insane. I'm so, so happy we got to have this conversation with Tom. I love the new album completely. I've had it on, on repeat for the last couple of weeks. And yeah, just all round good egg, good vibes and good times. And the fact that his now mission is to find Banksy, I think that's... um. That's because of us as well. Well, yeah, well, we'd all like find Banksy, I suppose, wouldn't we? We'd all like to know. Guess a look. Guess a look at your jobs, but guess a look at that face. Maybe we should do a podcast where we actually find Banksy. Like we do, a, we do a, the, the the hunt for Banksy, and then we get him on, uh, but we never show any pictures of it. <laughs> yeah. So people are like that doesn't help. Does it? it doesn't make anything. Bad. We could just get a robot voice, and one of us could pretend to be it. Like, oh, that's not a bad idea, man. Uh, also, I would just like to share a quick story with everyone. Um, <laughs> once we finished recording, if you go to our social media pages at Pod on Instagram and the app formerly known as Twitter, you normally see like a little screenshot photo that we have with the guests. And it's like a nice little like, oh, that was nice. They did that. Um, when we were doing that bit, for some strange reason, balloons started appearing that was on funny. Tom's screen. And I still don't know if it was a random thing that happened or if he has this as a joke he plays on people, but I was crying laughing us. for he like 20 minutes after. Whatever it was, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, he would just flick his head and some balloons would appear on his screen. <laughs> and I was like, 
Is he doing that? Or has our conversation been hacked and somebody's come in and it's like, I know it'll be funny if I put balloons up every time that guy moves his head. Wild. But yeah, we had a fucking absolutely great time with Tom. Check out everything the Plain White Tees are up to this minute. He's a great egg. I enjoyed these stories. Yes, the new self-titled album is available right now. Go and check out the music videos. We've just put out as well because they're a lot of fun. And they're going to be touring extently in the US in January extensively. and February. That he means extensively. Yeah. <laughs> Tickets are available now. And hopefully they'll be back in the UK sometime soon for us to have some more laughs with. One other thing I wanted to mention. Uh, this past week, Spotify wrapped. They've been doing the rounds. You know, everyone says how much they like Spotify and these streaming services, even though they don't really pay podcasters or musicians or anyone who... Magicians? It's not going to pay magicians, but... No, musicians. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to be hard. To, definitely going to be hard if you pay music, uh, magicians. Can you stream magic? <laughs> stream, hey. Hey. Oh, hey. oh, thought of a streaming platform for magicians. Trick talk. <laughs> yeah! Wrap it up, son, we done. We are done, yeah. Do I even need to thank the patrons? Because I was so good, I don't even know if they need thanking. <laughs> Trick talk. It's a streaming app for magicians. The end. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to say um, thank you for everyone who's put us in their stories about us being a top, their top podcast of the year and everything like that. We yeah. super appreciate it. Recently well, celebrated our fifth anniversary of the podcast. That's we had true. a special with Daryl Palumbo of Glass Jewel Head Automatica Ooh. that you can go back and uh, listen to to, to really go celebrate on. with us. And if you would like to give back to the podcast anyway, because streaming doesn't really do that. You get this for free, you fuckers. Well, um, well I was going to say. Patreon.com for something. I was going to say, you were like, oh yeah, we like seeing who's got us in a Spotify. And uh, I just want to say, I don't, I don't like seeing who's fucking stolen off us. And, uh, ah, and okay. the band for the year. <laughs> so uh, don't show me. I don't care because I'm sad that we're not getting paid the money we should be for those plays. Anyway, trick talk. Thank the Patreons and the top tier Patreons um, because without them, literally you wouldn't be listening to this because we wouldn't be able to carry on making this. So thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Mayumi, Janelle Caston, Paul Hirschfield, Scarlett Charlton, Tony Michael, Dilly Califragilistic, Expella Grimwood, Nathan Croshaw, Mitch Perry, Kelly Ewan, Emma Barber, TPSW Owens. Don't know what that means. Molly Malloy and James Bowerbank. If TPSW means anything crazy or racist, that had nothing to do with us. I've just reading what I'm seeing. Thank you very much. Amy Louise, Kat Besson, Alexandra Pemblinton, Jonathan Gutierrez, Jenny Robinson, Amy Dawson, Murray Grimwood. Happy birthday to Jenny Robinson for the other day as well. Scott Jones, Stuart McNaught, Ellen Southfield, Caroline Robinson, Stephen Aston, Kate Patak, Jenny Munster, Louis Cook, Carl Pendlebury, James McNaught, Jason Aredia, John and Emma, Martina McManus, Danny Eaton, Craig Harris, Sean Fines, M. Evans Roberts, Evan, Ollie Amesbury, Emily Perry, Adam Kingelgoss, Parslow, Kalila Keane, Josh, I bought my wife a mannequin leg for Christmas. I wasn't a main present, just a stocking filler crisp. Fuck me. Thank you very much, Vicky, Cal David Smith, and last by no means least, Connor Lewins and family. Yeah, super appreciate everyone in our Patreon community. Get involved. They all meet up at gigs. They all get together. They're planning festivals. They're planning Secret Santa events now as December and all sorts. And we're going to be doing a Zoom party in the next couple of weeks um, to just celebrate this thing reaching five years and 
everything else in between. So thank you so much to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash happening. And anyone for listening to this, wherever you get your podcast, we super, super appreciate it. Just yes, please share it with people and let us know what you thought of this episode. But I've loved this. We'll be back next week and every Friday with some very special guests, some surprises and madness caved in there as well. So thank yes. you. And we'll see you next time. Announcing the openers next week for the Blackout Tour as well. So. <gasps> oh. Yay. Tidy. Sapnin! Sapnin! My battery's going to run out any fucking second. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.